Hello, Black Healing Matters family. This is Danielle here, the Black Healing Matters podcast, where we offer you ideas to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. Happy Thursday to you. And on Thursdays, you know, our very special days here on the Black Healing Matters podcast, because we go into the world and we search for someone and try to catch them in the act, not of doing something wrong, but of doing something right. And therefore, we call Thursdays Doing the Right Things Thursdays. And today, I'm really excited to deliver you this interview, as we've had so much interest from many listeners about Africa and repatriation and investment. Um, It seems that the topic is pretty, um, pretty popular. And so I came across an interview with a woman who decided to repatriate from New York back to Ghana, West Africa, almost 30 years ago. And she's been there ever since. She started a small resort called One Africa. And that resort, One Africa, has been kind of a jump off point for so many other repatriates um, who have come from the all over the diaspora back to Africa. Again, Ghana, West Africa. Her name is... Imakus, and oh, that's her African name. And as I mentioned before, she's from New York. So this interview was actually done by a YouTube channel called Zoe TV, Z-O-H TV. And um, the interviewer, he's, uh, as you can tell, he is Ghanaian. You can tell from his accent. Uh, but there are some, uh, this is a live interview, so there are some kind of, you know, live sounds like wind and such. So please pardon the um, the audio. But I think this is a really good interview to illustrate, um, first off, someone who is doing amazing things in our community. Um, someone who decided to really follow her heart. And as, as I know, uh, Africa is calling many of us. Uh, and she decided to answer that call. And this is really her story. And she shares several of her personal stories and experiences. So I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. The interview is about 10 minutes. And uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. And if you do find yourself enjoying this, please do pop over to YouTube, click the link in the description, in the um, show notes and uh, subscribe to Zoe TV and subscribe to um, her YouTube channel as well uh, for One Africa. That again, One Africa is also the name of her resort. You'll hear that reference in the interview. And on that note, Black Healing Matters family, please do let me know if you like this. Send me a call in and email blackhealingmatters at gmail.com or even a comment on the Facebook page, the SoundCloud page, or even the YouTube page. And on that note, I love you. Stay blessed. Stay tuned. And as always, Black Healing Matters. Thank you.
Have you been in Ghana now? 27. And 27 years in Ghana, have you always lived in Elmina? Yes. Always. Wow. Why Elmina? My ancestors sent me here. They did. I have to say that my experience in the castle dungeons, in the women's dungeon, really changed my life and confirmed, told me, if you believe that ancestors can speak to you, told me they did something to me in those dungeons. And when I left that room, I knew that I would never be the same person. But in a bit, after all these feelings, and then you get to America, and then you tell, you know, your other friends and family over there, and you said you want to live in Africa. How was the, how was your feeling? What was the expression on your face? Do they understand you the same way, the feeling that you carried with you? No, they thought I was crazy. They thought, oh, there she goes again. And even my king man, when I told him, he was like, okay, there you go again, Vienna. Now you visited someplace, you want to move there. You was in Jamaica, you want to move in Jamaica. You go someplace, you eat some food. This food is really great. Now you want everybody to eat the same thing. So now you've been to Africa. You come here telling me that you want to move to Africa? I say, yes. I say, you don't, you don't understand. I say, you have to go and see. And when you see, then you will understand. It's hard for me to convey to you that feeling that came over me to make me know that I am out of America. I want out of America. And I want us to leave America. 27 years living in Ghana. Just tell me a little bit. I know this is a bit sensitive, you know, in terms of just letting people know how you integrated, how things were hard, like something like language. How, how did you cope with the language? Everybody speaks English. Okay, remember, the official language in Ghana is English. And it does help to know the language. And for me, I think, I know for a fact that I should have learned the language better. Okay, I didn't. But in spite of that, I have not only survived, I have thrived living in Ghana. The people have been good. Um, there have been challenges, most definitely challenges. Yes, I mean, from people stealing your money, uh, living in an unfinished house. You know, I came from an environment, I had my own home, my own car, all of those things. And when I came to Ghana, I had to really humble myself. I lived in a village. I lived in the village of my people where I still live today. Um, except I built up. How do the people? How do the people perceive you? Do how do the people receive you? Apart from because, see, I remember when uh, in Rollins's time we used to do Panafes, and Panafes at that time was very high. And I was in Pope John Secondary School, and they would say to us, "Oh, Panafes is coming, Cape Coast." So they would organize all of us. They put they put us in a bus called Bonshika. It was a, it was a, it was this wooden wooden bus. They call it a bone shaker, and we will sit in it and come to like maybe um, uh, the Independence Square in Accra. We were coming there to meet our 
brothers and sisters that have returned from America. I remember those days. But one of the things that I, I used to remember is I would see my brothers and sisters from America, but they look different. They have a style of wearing their clothes. They have something around their head. You know, it's the same thing, but then the color is a bit different. Some of them are light skin. And then when they talk, I used to tell myself that, you know, you can't hear them talk. It's true. Because we talk fast. We talk quick. People don't understand. So me and my friends, we used to go and stand somewhere just to listen to the accent. We're thinking that you guys are going to be speaking African language. But when you guys talk, all we could hear at that time. So when we leave. When we leave the Panafest ground, what we used to do is to just get the meek out of, you know, whatever happened over there. We'll see our friends. And then my friend will say, I don't understand. He said, that's American. <laughs> Most people were friendly. I also realized that you have to be aware. And even being aware, some of your best friends could rip you off. Keep watching ZOTV. So TV is number one. Okay, tell me what are some of what, what, what one of the, your interesting things, some of the fascinating stories, some of the things that you've come across that you know, even though you were went, you were going through all the challenges and stuff like that, you felt like you know what, I'm still blessed, yes. and I'm still blessed to be in Africa. Yes, I, I am, and I say that all the time. I have no regrets about being here. I'm sacrificing family, friends, a way of life. None of that, you know, to be able to return to the land of my ancestors was more important yeah. than anything else. And yes, there were challenges. There were really great stories and things. I mean, I learned so much being here. I mean, I remember one real quick story living in my village <clears throat> and the granny was beating her grandson or she was trying anyway. Now, remember, we had no electricity <clears throat> and all I could see was this lantern and hearing this whoosh, whoosh, and this kid ran by shing, and behind him came this old lady with a switch shing, <laughs> hitting him and jumping over, jumping over pots and pans and stuff, jumping over fires to beat this boy. And it was dark. I mean, jet black and all you could see was this lantern. But every time she swung that switch, she hit him. Bing, he got her. Bing, got her. I thought to myself, very interesting. It's dark, and she don't have no fear that she might fall down and hurt herself. Okay, you see? I mean, because when you when you live in the dark for a long time, you don't see darkness. You don't see darkness. Because I can run two kilometers in the dark, in the dark. and don't and don't fall down. And don't fall. I, I thought that was amazing, and we laugh about it even today. Mama Africa, I'll call it Mama Ghana. When we're talking about people wanting to die for Africa, probably think that Mama would die for Africa. Yes, but let us not forget also that I didn't come to Africa on my own. I had a wonderful king man who came to Ghana and lived in Ghana for 19 years before he was killed by a hit and run driver in Accra. Bad drivers in Ghana. Driver Banza. You remember Driver Banza. And um, he stayed in Ghana for 19 years before the ancestors took him away. 19 years. He didn't go back to America at all, at all, not even to visit. And we had children there. He said, if you want to see me, then you have to come where I live. 
So this is our family home here. This is the legacy that we leave to our children. So, one Africa. I like to close down the chapter. This is a place that you've put together and this is the place you live. I want the world to hear. If they want to come here, they want to see you because it's like, you know, the there is there's a description that they give to people with a lot of knowledge. So, you are like an encyclopedia now. <laughs> Please tell them the story of only one Africa. That's part of what the ancestors have put on our hearts to do, to make One Africa a place where it is open for all. Our door is open. We have chalets here. Um, we have 10, 12 rooms that we rent. Um, you know, it don't make a lot of money, but the issue is not about making money. The issue is about making it available so that people can come and see what Africa has to offer. You know, when I sleep, see, because I've been sleeping in one of the rooms, and then you have this Malcolm X, you got Yasantua, you got Marcus Gavi. These are all very, like, pan-Africanists, real African people that you've put their images on the wall and little history and stories on there. You know, what, 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 why did you do that? So that we know who we are. We have to share the history of ourselves. You are born here, I am born there. You don't know anything about me. I don't know anything about you. So when you come here, I want to share with you the history of us as Africans who were born in the diaspora. Black Empire News. Keep watching Zotini. <laughs>